spoiler alert, it's not just any book club. We're talking about banned books. And um, if you don't know what we're doing here, we don't read one book. We read many books. I'm Justin. I read 1984 by George Orwell. And these other people read other stuff. Say what you read. And your names, too, if you want. Uh, my name is Pierce. I read Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. My name is Bella, and I read Lewis Die by Toni Morrison. Yeah, oh, okay. I See, I didn't know that they read those books, but hey, that's, that's what the show is all about. So, um, before you start continuing listening, be sure to give us, you know, five stars or whatever. Rate us highly and give us good praise on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us on podcasts. Follow us on our social media at NotJustAnyPod so you can participate in the polls and what else? I don't know. Pierce, this is my first time doing the intro. Did I miss anything? <laughs> um, just, you know, going over what the poll for next month is, uh, which will give the results at the end. But this for this next month, uh, it's October, which means it's a spooky month. Um, so we decided that we would once again go with allowing everyone to kind of, uh, everyone who follows us on Twitter to vote our most successful vote yet thanks to everyone who voted 161 votes on this poll uh it was between psychological horror monster literature edgar Allan poe and then sci-fi horror those were the four options and we'll say what won after after this show so stay tuned for that i guess if nothing else okay so we did not discuss the order we would be going in so who wants to go first i feel like i should go last because we got a lot to talk about with mine i mean i can go first i don't have a ton to say about catch exactly. 22. okay wow <laughs> um well uh catch 22 by joseph heller is a book that i enjoyed <laughs> no way i should i should start with that um it is a book about World War II. It's set in World War II. It's about it's about a uh, captain in the I think he's in the Air Force. He he flies in the planes, uh, and he's stationed in Italy doing air missions as the Allies push into the Italian Peninsula, um, and he has decided that he just wants to live through the war. Um, the people who go on these air missions, they usually have a set number of missions that they have to do before they can be discharged and go home. That number, I believe, is typically 25 or was 25 mm -hmm. for the time. And uh, but the um, the squadron leader, I don't I don't remember exactly. He was he wanted to be general. He wanted to be promoted to a general. So whatever he was, that's what he wanted to be. And so he was trying to impress the higher ups. And so he kept raising uh, the missions that everybody in that base had to do before they could go home. Uh, by halfway through the book, it's 50. By the end, they had to do 80 before they got to go home. So every time they would reach whatever landmark they had to, they would just raise it. Um, the title, Catch-22, which... Justin, have you ever heard of a Catch-22? Yeah, it's become part of our English vernacular. Really. What is what is a Catch-22? 
basically ironic that you have to do something, but but to, if you want to leave something, you have to do the thing that it requires you to do. Something like that. I don't know the exact definition. Don't put me on the spot like this. Uh, well, Catch-22 is... To to be exact, it's when you it's it's like a it's basically a logical fallacy where um, <clears throat> in order for something to be true, uh, the exact opposite has to be true, and therefore the original thing cannot be true. That might might not be a super great way of explaining it, but I'm gonna give the example from the book, and I think that'll help. Um, <clears throat> uh, Joseph Yosarian finds out that the only way to get discharged before finishing your missions is to be declared insane. Um, and a, a way to be declared insane is to ask the doctor, um, and uh, he will, it's his duty, if you're insane, to send you home. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's his duty to, to send you home if you're insane. Uh, but... The catch twenty two is that if you are uh, willing to go to the doctor and declare yourself insane to get out of fighting, then clearly you're sane because you're trying to save yourself by getting out of fighting and going home. Um, so then, if you're asking to be uh, declared insane, then you're sane because you're trying to escape the war. Um, so anyway, yeah, the book is basically it's um, Joseph Yusarian trying to find a way to get home um, and to get out of the war with his life intact. And throughout the book, he goes, he goes, and he slowly goes insane because of stuff like the Catch Twenty Two. Uh, the world just not making sense around him, seeing the um, some of the traumatic stuff he goes through, um, seeing, you know, a lot of traumatic things in Italy, especially towards the end when he goes there and he sees a lot of um, he goes there by himself, not on a mission. I, um, and he sees a lot of uh, destructive behavior, lots of people um, getting beat up. Uh, is this book a satire? Because I've heard it was a satire. It is. It is a satire. Um, a funny satire. It is funny. It's wow. a funny book. Uh, there a were one. there were a couple jokes where I laughed out loud. No, it is, and that's okay. that's kind of the the thing is the that's kind of the thing. the The thing is that the book is very the subject matter. If you if you want to look directly at the theme and um kind of what happens in the book it's insane right it's not it's not funny but um the way that the book uh just the the language the way that the author um goes stream of consciousness and the narrative uh it seems to go on these tangents to give you all these little like funny details about mm -hmm. just a, the tiniest thing that happened or this character who's the side character who's not even really like a huge part of the the narrative and the story um it, it is funny it's written in a funny way even if the subject matter is serious um, like gallows humor dark humor dark comedy yeah i suppose you could say that um 
I mean, I, like I, I said that I didn't have a lot to say, but I do have a bit to say um, about the book. There's it. There is a lot to it. It's just I've once again picked a book where plot is not really like that big of a thing. Um, not not that big of a part of the book. Like things happen in here, but it's not uh, the the focus. Um, yeah, it's. I guess I, I, I would also say that um, Joseph Heller said in an interview, I guess in several interviews, I would think that uh, this might be a book about World War II, but it's really about um, America in the Cold War in Korea and a prelude to Vietnam. Um, Basically, which, I'm just going to say war never changes. Mm-hmm. Which and, and it kind of makes sense also because... Um, not to say like Korean Vietnam or, or not not to compare totally Italy and, and Korean Vietnam, but if any country heavily involved in World War II was to be compared to Korea and Vietnam, it would be Italy because of like you know it wasn't exactly the most advanced country in that war, yeah. the most ready to fight it. Um, hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's an interesting book and I would recommend reading it, but it's 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 kind of hard for me to talk about. I don't really know why. It's just it's one I of those mean, books that are just like they're good and yeah, you have nothing to say. Right. I enjoyed it. The focus isn't a lot on plot. If you've seen um, the Hulu the Hulu limited series, it's actually uh, a lot of the big mo- moments are carried over, although it is a little bit different. There's some differences. Did you watch it before or after? You I watched it before. I watched it like when the series first came out, and I this is the first time I've read the book. Hmm. Yeah, um, there there are a few big moments. Like for instance, um, uh, Yosarian he tears out the radio out of one of his planes to. Uh, make it so that they have to turn around and they can't finish their mission because the radio isn't working. Um, that is in both. Um, there's some other things. The the Hulu series is also funny. So that's... Okay. Yeah. I recommend that as well. Basically, Catch-22 is actually like a, just good in general. Um, it's good, but not yeah. if you have anything to say. It's 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 weird that Joseph Heller didn't really write anything else that's like acclaimed he kind of one one hit wonder yeah kind of um joseph heller really he even i think he had a sequel to this but people didn't really like it oh that's so that's unfortunate yeah um i don't know to me it's it's good it's funny i recommend it um the, I, I guess the reason that i don't really have a lot to say is because it's very not i don't want to say stream of consciousness isn't the right word but it's very much like absurd maybe yeah it is absurd it's very much like like i said he goes off on little tangents all the time um the the plot isn't in chronological order he's just kind of going like chapter by chapter to string together this series of events in some way he moves backwards and forwards in time all the all the time oh wait isn't that Kurt Vonnegut? like Kurt Vonnegut's known to for gallows humor during the war mm-hmm. and using absurd comments stuff like that i've never read a book by him except for Harrison Bergeron and that's such check out but i have never 
but I, I know that he does very similar things to that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I haven't read much Kurt Vonnegut outside of Harrison Bergeron and uh, To Be or Not To Be. Those are, those are the only two works I've read by him. But uh, it might be true. If, if he does do that, then yeah. Um, confirm it, please. Um, yeah, I mean, Catch-22 is a really good book. There's a reason it's a classic. I guess I'll talk about why it's banned, actually, or why it was banned. So um, the funny thing is Catch-22 was pretty much banned for, like, no reason. It was banned. It was banned uh, from a school or a school district um, because of bad language, and it was banned from a school district, I believe, in Texas, uh, because it um, called women whores, like in Italy, when it was literally like talking. I believe it was. Mm, well, I, I guess I'm thinking of the TV show. Like the, the, it's literally talking about like like whores, like prostitutes. Like that's um, in the TV show. They're they're quite literally that. Um, George Clooney directed it. Hey, <laughs> did he? I did not yeah. know that. Dang. Okay. Well, yeah, but it, it refers to women as whores at one point. While the um, the soldiers are on leave in in uh, in Italy. Um, I'm guessing in an American-occupied part of Italy, and uh, there are some whores, some 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 uh, scant scantily clad women. Women of the night. Women of the night. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like a thing in the book, and they challenged it. Uh, high schools in. Snoqualmie, I don't know where that is, Washington and Dallas, Texas. <clears throat> Bandit because it referred to women as whores several times. Okay. Oh, yeah. Not the most overt, serious thing to ban it. No, it, it definitely wasn't because of ideology. I don't think anyone really had a problem with what Joseph Heller was saying that war is scary and people want to get out of it, but governments, you know, in the middle of a war wouldn't want people to get out of it. Like, I, I don't think, <clears throat> and that war is crazy. And the idea of like fighting for a country and fighting a war is crazy. Like, I don't, I don't think anyone really had that much of an issue with that opinion, even if like they didn't agree um, for whatever reason. Um, uh, like it's not, it's not a super controversial thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Hmm. What a great discussion. It, it was, uh, it was banned. Here it is. It was banned in Strongsville, <laughs> Ohio in 72 because of the language in the novel that was viewed as indecent. Hmm. Yeah. We don't like banning books. Um, nope. For the quote here, um, I uploaded that on the Twitter m a month ago, almost exactly. Um, where they ban books, they burn people, which I don't know if we should take that as literally, but like, yeah, d don't ban books. Freedom of speech is great. Practice it, which Bella will right now. Thank you. Transition. That was actually that was a really good segue. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I read The Blue Side by Toni Morrison. Um, Honestly, such an amazing book. Um, but if I start like 
going off on a tangent, like I said earlier about like rhetorical analysis, literally just stopped me because I could talk about this for so long. Um, and yeah, little trigger warning, the plot basically talks about rape. Um, so if that's something like skip over this part, um, but I won't be focusing on that a lot because there's so much like Toni Morrison books, I've literally already read a book for of hers on this podcast. I don't know if we uploaded the episode, but did for we? I don't magical remember. realism, I don't remember if we. Did oh no, we did. <laughs> oh well, then I guess this is the first time that I've talked about it on the podcast. Officially, but, um, yeah, Toni Morrison, I love her and her work, but most of it's not really about the plot. Like she literally gives away the entire plot within the first like two pages. Um, yeah. So th- there's not really spoilers because, like, you already know it if you've read the first two pages. Try um, not to spoil it completely, you know. Just, just yeah, in case. I will. I will. But okay. um, yeah, she literally, um, she like, okay, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> it's basically um, about this family called the Breedlove family, and they're like, I don't know. Problem is that they are like ugly. Um, and they exude ugliness um, in a way that, like, oh, and they're African American, um, and so they're trying to live up to like the idolized, like, white aesthetic. I believe it takes place in the '60s, but I might be wrong. But it's like '60s, '70s, and '41. So you're, you're 20 years off. Yeah. Um, oh wait, 1960s. Sorry, I did not say. Did I say 1960s? You said yeah, but it's. It was published in 1970, but it's set in 1941. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. So yeah. definitely not the right time period. But it's like, the time period doesn't really matter, I guess. It's like the fact that up until, um, like, it just matters that the white aesthetic, like, uh, specifically Shirley Temple is, like, something, an image that Toni Morrison uses t- as, like, a standard of beauty so they're constantly like comparing themselves to that standard um but not only within that um like sense like they're just ugly people in general and that sort of like permeates through their life um Mm -hmm. and yeah basically it just talks about this family but it's from the perspective of another family who's not ugly but um is african-american so like they deal with the same struggles but um, yeah, it's Toni Morrison does this really cool thing in the way that she sets up like the entire novel, in that she uses um, this passage from you know Dick and Jane, like the classic yeah. children's novel. Um, she like takes the first like classic sentences, like describing Dick and Jane's family and like their house, and basically uses that as um, like an epigraph in some of the paragraph or in her chapters to like delineate how or exactly what's going to be happening and like which characters are going to be compared to this aesthetic um and so like in the beginning she uses this like epigraph to like establish it's going to be through and about a child's eyes um because wait i feel like i'm jumping around a little bit but basically it's called the blue eyes because the girl who's like not the main character, but she's the focus of the book. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, just keep going. Um, okay keep going. Um, so um, her name is Pacola, and she's the one who is raped 
um, by her father, actually. Um, and she wants blue eyes. Like, that's basically her main objective because mm-hmm. she thinks that if she has blue eyes, her life will be perfect and she'll be, like, pretty. Um, but this, like, just doesn't happen. And um, Toni Morrison does this really cool thing. She, like, changes the exact this is hard to talk about because it's like a visual thing but this is a podcast so like you can't just like show it but she takes like the phrase that she uses from dick and jane and she changes the way that she like that it's written so like the Mm. first time it's like in correct punctuation like the right words are capitalized um and then the second time she writes it like everything's um i leave it like lowercase and then the third time she writes it, everything is like capital and it's all smushed oh, together wow. and like you, cool. it's barely legible. She basically like does this to show um, that like the first, anytime that you see the first sort of perfectly written um, excerpt from that, um, it shows that like the, um, it's like showing distinct demographics um, and the prevalence of the white aesthetic as it becomes more assertive throughout the novel. So, like, the first, is, she sort of uses it to show, like, the stereotypical Dick and Jane family, um, where life and everything is, like, perfect and there's no grammatical errors, um, and it's, like, clear and coherent. But, like, the second, um, where it's lowercase, and you can still read it, but it's just no punctuation, um, it, like, manifests the African-Americans who try to perfectly emulate the stereotypical white life, um, which can be seen through some of the characters in the novel. And then the third is like supposed to represent like Pacola, who is like completely divergent from what she's supposed to, um, or from what she like, it was projected onto girls at the time as like what they should want to be. Um, so she sort of uses that to like demonstrate the dynamics of the white aesthetic and how they apply to those who aren't white. Um, which is really, it's so cool. Like reading it, it was, it was really cool. Like it's, she writes it so well. Um, so I was trying to. No, you're steer. totally fine. Go ahead. Um, so why exactly was this book banned? Honestly, it's so many reasons. One, okay. it talks like about obviously like rape um, yeah. of a child and like incest. Um, and which is like kind of, really traumatic and then also it says the n-word like a bunch of times Mm -hmm. and then also there's like those are just two main reasons but there's also some places that have banned it because like uh there's prostitutes in it yeah Um, i'm looking at the wikipedia page now yeah there's like a lot lot. (laughs) yeah it's like pretty much universally banned um but it's like really good book like I literally sat down and read it in one sitting because I didn't know if I was going to be able to with like school and everything but it was like so good like it's only like two hours I think it took to read so it like I definitely recommend it um it's really good okay yeah I will thank you for cutting me off I literally it's (laughs) I love her so much and her work it's really good so yeah you guys should read it cool beans and now i guess it's my turn well sorry sorry i i dropped out for like a minute there yeah it's did fine you guys, did you guys notice no we noticed bell yeah. stopped was like we were like what what happened i just the, told you, keep going. Uh, my internet just turned off like randomly um the uh i was just I, I, I don't know what happened the stream did stop for like a good 
minute or two while I was while my internet was off. But now it's back up, so we're okay. Guess we're cutting this part out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do when we actually put up the like it, it up on the anchor. So. Yeah, or audacity, but whatever. Um, all right, continuing the podcast. Any comments? Oh, well, Pierce <laughs> missed a chunk of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it sounds good. The parts that I heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been meaning to read Toni Morrison. Um, mm-hmm. she taught at Rutgers, which is very close to where I am. I don't go to Rutgers, so nice try, everyone who's listening to this podcast and trying to send me fan mail. Um, I think that Toni Morrison is a very interesting character. I've read a little bit of her Wikipedia page, like, of her biography. She seems very, like, adherent to her beliefs. She's very, um, I, I know that she received an award. different what the award was. But it was a significant one. So, it is interesting that she gets all this controversy even though, um, she is a very great writer. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost read, um, what was it? Beloved or something mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. Um, but I ended up reading something something else instead. I think yeah. that's the one I read for magical realism. Mm-hmm. Oh. But, Fantasy. Yeah. But that doesn't exist. Like the yeah, first that episode doesn't. of Band Books, yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's not it's an episode that we did, but it's not really an episode because we did it before we were a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It's also not that good of an episode. Well, on my end, I just oh my. Oh, that, was that the episode where <laughs> I think it was? Uber? I think it was an iffy episode all around, and I think so. Yes, it was. An ep- <laughs> it was the episode where I had to go get on a bus, so I got an Uber. Well, um, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I haven't read the Tony Morrison book, Beloved, but like. I did find like one of my favorite books. I read All the Light We Cannot See, and I, that's like one of my favorite books. So in hindsight, I can always read Beloved. Um, you, could have read an, you traded one masterpiece for another. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now we're going for the big daddy here, the mother of all banned books, 1984. Um, so, okay, well, I'm just going to start with my opinion on this book. It's a good book. It's not great. It's it's more relevant because of its ideas that it um, postulated. And this goes for the same for animal form, which I also did not like very much because that was more overtly an allegory. But 1984, it's a, it's very obvious as what it's trying to say. Um, the characters don't get much development. You care more about what happens, ha- what happens to them because of all the torture they go through. They're not very well developed. It's very bleak. And it's so bleak that you become very apathetic to what happened, uh, to what happens to them. But the ideas still really resonate. The government surveillance, um, he absolutely got right. Um, and being scared of your own government and trying to erase people from history, um, being the endless bureaucracy, totalitarian regimes, all that stuff is not something we should just discard because it was written a long time ago. It's still happening especially surveillance <clears throat> patriot act and it's it's I, I i do struggle with my opinion on this book because there's there is that one part of that book which i just did not like the appendix it, it's such a good world building justin yeah just, but, it's so know. good for world building <laughs> 
And then uh, the, okay, for context, what we're talking about is the, okay, Justin just dropped out of the call. Yikes. Hi, Pierce. Ju- Justin, are you, you there? How you doing? How, how are you doing? You just dropped out. Well, I'm back. Okay, well, for context, what we're talking about is we're talking about the section of the book. Uh, it's towards the end of the second part, right? And it's like it's like the end of the second third before the big part comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, where the main character uh, it's Winston. Winston. I always want to call him Wilson, but that's not right. Um, Winston has gotten his hands on a um, like forbidden a his- like a forbidden history book that that tells of like how this society kind of came to be. Uh, and I think it's super interesting because it's really good world building. Um, and I almost threw the book at the wall. <laughs> but then there's, but uh, here's something for you to consider though. Um, Winston got his hands on that book because the uh, the thing that happened to him, the 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 people who are watching him wanted to get his wanted him to get his hands on that book. So is any yeah. of it really true? Well, I, I think you kind of spoiled the book there. <laughs> well, I spoiled the people who are watching him, but he lives in a surveillance state, Justin. Okay. I, like, um, I, don't, I don't think that's exactly a spoiler, that people are watching him in a surveillance state. But, well, in that area, he was supposed to be free of surveillance. So Yeah, but... <laughs> Sorry. For, now um, you're spoiling it, Justin. Yeah. All right. This is one of the one of the like most ubiquitous books yeah. of all okay. time. We're not we're not spoiling it. Um, yeah. Honestly, I saw it coming too. So whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but the the point is the point that I'm trying to make is the people who are watching him wanted him to get his hands on that. Like they they or even if they didn't want him to, they allowed him to. Mm-hmm. So. Is any of it true? Is any of the history book that he read actually true? Or is it just something? I'm just angry they made me read all of that. Oh, my God. Oh my, I, I, okay. If it's... if it's, I'm going... To, right, I'm trying not to spoil this. I, I feel like we... If you're already over, only halfway through this book, then you're golden. Um, if it's, it's a whole third of the book. I, I don't... Like it, yes, it's, a, it's, like a, it's like a twist or whatever, but it's, it's a whole third of the book. Um. Yeah, and a third of that is the appendix. <laughs> Just reading through that. Oh, I reading through that. I didn't read. I had an audiobook and had the book out and played it on two times speed because it was just. Oh okay. God! All right, all right. Let's 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 get more focused. What are the ideas of 1984 that that were tackled? The government has a lot of power, um, and if it has too much power, it will. Um, it, it's basically a totalitarian regime. It's not the first dystopia book, but um, it's one of the most famous, or it is the most famous. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's it, the it, best either, but it is certainly the most famous. Yeah, I, I like this book fine. I feel like other books have built upon it, uh, built upon the concepts and done it better, but I appreciate the book for what it is. Um, I, I didn't hate my time reading it. A lot of it is torture. A full third of it is lots of torture, but you know, it's relevant to the book uh, and the themes. And if you look at it as like a literary 
um, just uh, as as a novel itself, it isn't ex- exactly spectacular, but like almost as a as an essay, maybe I'm going very loosely. I don't think it's an essay. If you're if you're focusing on ideas instead, it is a worthwhile read, um, and I, I think it is worth discussing. Um, not according to the people that banned it. Jackson Jackson County, Florida. They banned it because it was pro-communist and there was a lot of lewd content. 1981. Ironically, in the 1950s, Stalin banned it because it was anti-communist. So who do we believe? I don't know. I, um, it's, um, it, like, it's really funny. It, George Orwell himself was kind of a socialist, um, but he didn't like authoritarian communism as it existed in the world. So yeah. kind of makes sense that, that, you know, capitalists would be like, Oh, it's communist. Shut it down. Because George Orwell is kind of a yeah. socialist. And then Stalin, the leader of the biggest authoritarian communist country in the world um, would be like, it's anti-communist. He hates us. We're the communists. Yeah. Um, also, for all the tanky listeners out there, Stalin's a really bad person. Um, stop worshiping him. He committed genocide. We have right. texts. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Right. And that's also a theme. The government shouldn't be controlling your texts, and we have the resources to prove that Stalin was a bad guy. So that's right. another thing. So that, yep. Just a side note for any tanky listeners. Um, stop listening, and then go reevaluate your system of beliefs. <laughs> and read a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> and read read a textbook. Um, okay. You, you anyway, this... 1984. We're yeah. <laughs> we're focusing. Okay. Well, um, actually, I, I I discussed this before the podcast, but do you know where this book was not banned? Where was it not banned? In China. China. Yeah. China didn't ban this. Um, I think they modeled laws after Brave New World, and I didn't have time to read that article. They modeled the laws after Brave New World? I will tweet out this article. Hold on. I um, hate... I, I Oh, I don't like China. The Chinese government. The they government. read... Yeah. Well, I didn't say, I didn't say people. Yeah. I just said China. Um, the CCP is also bad. Yeah, the bad. CCP is the worst. Um... Yeah, oh my gosh. I cannot believe that you just said that, that they modeled laws after Brave New World. <laughs> Brave yeah. New World is my, is my favorite dystopian text. And the fact that it's like, that they modeled laws after, after an, uh, an allegory against exactly what they were modeling the laws after, oh boy. Yeah, they can also buy. They can buy 1984 and Brave New World. I I don't know if it's edited heavily. Um, I also don't. I would, I would imagine it's it's edited somewhat. Yeah, I would imagine. Winnie the, Pooh, Winnie the Pooh is banned in China for different reasons than uh, <laughs> than it being like anti CCP, but. Okay, this podcast is probably banned in China. We're, um, <laughs> we probably are. We're going off the rails a little bit here. Yeah, but, uh, uh, I just re- want to say that I don't know exactly if it's modeled after Brave New World, but apparently this article says it's very resonant with it. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And it's the book's been revisited. So sorry to mislead visitors here, uh, listeners here, but um, you misled me also. I know, but it's uh, <laughs> your reaction is like, what? Which, yeah, I would I'd probably be saying that too if they said, oh, 1984 is a manual. Um, let's follow that. But yeah, still, um, dysto- China is a dystopia, probably at this point. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's probably. But uh, let's get back on track. So, uh, 1984 is what we're supposed to be talking about. I can already see. I can already see the Twitter memes on our on our Twitter account about I know, me just... saying about me saying let's get back on track forty times <laughs> in the span of ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um. What else do I have to say about the book? I. I'm feeling I've said my say. Everything has been said about this book. It's ubiquitous uh, mm-hmm. within our pop culture. Um, it's scarily resonant with us now because of everything. The government's all over. Not just in communist regimes, but like here or there. I, yeah, I mean, even even in our country, this is I, I read this for school. Yeah, what I brought up in class was that, hey, like even in our country, both like, Democrats and Republicans, and if you want to go further right and left of them, everyone kind of uh, uses words with like different meanings than what it actually sounds. They use like double speak. Um, it, it, it it's scary. It, just, it yeah. is. Oh man, there's that entire um, dictionary. I I don't know what it's called, but like of just like phrases they use that have become ingrained into culture, like. Thought Police, Double Think, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I know it's like invention of the novel that like we adapted, but still, um, the fact that we're uh, we're still talking about this book um, and the ideas um, does speak volumes about its impact. I don't know if it's I don't know if it inspired anybody or any regime, but it certainly inspired other people to evaluate um, corrupt governments or governments that have far overreached the power on. To the people they govern, um, yeah. So. We're still we're still looking back at this book to um, define some of the scary things that our governments are doing today. Um, Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, nationalism. I, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page right here to you know to further our content. But nationalism is a theme in here where um, they make their citizens are only privy to their um, their own plates. And in the appendix, it's talking about what happened with the world building. Really a spoiler, because I don't think so. I don't know. Okay, yeah, so basically they have an ongoing war um, to make... I forgot the, what the reasons were, but like to make sure that they don't yearn for anything else. It's because everything's dark and dreary. Um, I, it's just all they're used to. I it's, think it's it's uh they have constant wars to make sure that people are always because if you always have something to cheer for your country about then um you're always going to be very nationalistic like if you're if we're always at war then all of the people are always going to be able to be like yes let's go get those uh, people in other countries um so yeah that that's 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 kind of like the very a very lay uh, explanation of it, I think. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have much else to say. Uh, I feel like I sh- there's a lot more to say. And we could bring in so many just real-life examples, and I feel like we already have. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go on this track and then Pierce telling me to get back on track again. But I think that... Uh, I think just bringing this book up will um, spark a discussion, um, especially um, among political discussion, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... Uh, for anyone interested in politics, anyone interested in um, politics uh, again, politics yeah, squared? politics again. <laughs> anyone interested in politics? Anyone interested in in literature and reading? Um, anyone really? <laughs> who, like I, I don't know. It's just. Like the reason I'm struggling, I was gonna come up with like a list of a list of people who might be interested in reading this book, but it's it's so ubiquitous, and I just think everyone should read it. So it's yeah. just like if you want to read, you should read this book because it's so important, so important for our culture. And mm-hmm. I don't think it even has to stop there. We can also discuss about Animal Farm or probably George Orwell's other essays. I haven't read any of his other essays, but it is something to consider. Um, he's very known for his political works. I should have looked into his life. Um, I, I know that he's been very criti- critical of government. He's just he's a democratic socialist, so this book isn't against... Um, of, of sorts. I don't believe he yeah. called himself a democratic socialist, but he was certainly some type of that. Yeah. Um, and it... I, it's not against um, capitalism and socialism. It's against governments. Because he examined Hitler and Stalin. They're both uh, kind of at the complete ends of the political spectrum, but they had the same methods of controlling the civilians. The, to me, a lot of dystopian novels, um, the good dystopian novels, are not specifically against socialism or capitalism. They're specifically against authoritarianism. Exactly. Um, like the reason that Brave New World and 1984 have survived for so long is because they're not they're not against any economic system we might have. They realize that we can we can all like have that these conversations about whatever economic system might be the most freeing, even though their authors definitely lean towards socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know that we cannot have an authoritarian government, whether that's in Brave New World of the community being authoritarian, they're, they're a society that's, um, you know, wanting comfort becoming authoritarianism, or whether it's in 1984, a small group of people seizing power and uh, becoming, an, and the, the country becoming an authoritarian state. Um, we just can't have authoritarianism. You can say that again. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, unless Bella has anything to say, but I, I, I don't know if she's there right now. She's. Oh, hi. Oh, your mic is muted. Hi. Yeah. No, nothing really. I think that's good. All right. Well, um, I guess real quick before we uh, end this podcast. Uh, we'll shout out. Um, oh, are we shouting out the podcast that was on? Yeah, I thought I thought that we were oh, doing that. I thought okay. I, shout out to Devils in the Details. 
or yeah. Devils in the Podcast for having me on their episodes. I've been kind of a semi-regular on their show, so check them out. Um, check out their past three episodes uh, at the time of recording. I was on there, especially for that four-hour episode, which I was in and out and just found out they were still recording, which was insane. So admire their dedication. Maybe they'll collab. Maybe we'll come. Maybe we'll visit them or they'll visit us. We don't maybe, know. Maybe even I'll be on sometime. I don't know. I've never really talked to them. But I'm just kind of inviting myself onto their podcast. Have Pierce um, on there or else. Listen, I love CD Projekt Red. So when Cyberpunk comes out, if you want to have me on to talk about it, uh, I would be okay with that. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So follow our Twitter, rate us on whatever podcasting platform you use. Um, and also, the winner for the poll, we almost forgot. You almost, uh, was, I mean, you almost forgot. I was wondering well, I didn't forget, because I remembered. So, whatever. But you almost forgot. <laughs> but <laughs> the winner of the poll was Psychological Horror. It uh, wasn't super close. Um, none of us I'm, are really sure what we're going to read for that. So Yeah, none of us really know what Psychological Horror is. They, um, Thank you to the 160 people who voted for something that, or I guess it was like 80-ish people who voted for something that we didn't really have books picked out for just yet. But we'll pick something out. We'll figure it out. uh, And um, see you next month. Goodbye, Prometheus. Because it's spooky. Get it? I, I got it.